Hello and welcome to our first week's uh, review of the Bundesliga 2020-2021 season. So uh, today we've got myself, Mark Broadhurst again, and our favourite uh, guest as well, Rory. Hello, Rory. So, yeah, today obviously we're going to kind of review what happened uh, during the week's events. Like the last game just finished uh, a few hours ago from recording. We'll be just talking about the kind of main things that happened. So let's just start with a little quick run through the results this week. So obviously on Friday night, it was Bayern Munich 8, Schalke 0, which was kind of the big result really from the weekend. Then we have, yeah, Eintracht Frankfurt 1, Armenia Bielefeld 1. Werder Bremen won Hertha Berlin 4, which was another big result. Union Berlin won Augsburg 3, and FC Köln 2, Hoffenheim 3. Yeah, and uh, the remaining four games, so Stuttgart lost 3-2 to, to Freiburg. Uh, Borussia Dortmund got off to a very good start, winning 3-0 at home to Mönchengladbach. RB Leipzig uh, won 3 1 uh, this afternoon against Mines. And the game that has obviously just finished uh, in terms of just recording was Wolfsburg 0 by Leverkusen 0. Okay, so let's just, uh, I just want to bring your attention to a new little scheme we're going to be doing on this show. So we want to start off just to kind of get you guys involved because obviously our viewers are our beloved viewers. Are very important to us. We want to kind of get um, you involved as well. So we want to start with a little anagram. So what we're going to do at the start of every episode, we're going to start with an anagram of a famous Bundesliga club, manager, player. And what we want you to do is you guys have got to comment in the comment section after subscribing, of course. And then, um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, uh, we want you to see, see if you can get the right answers. And then at the, the start of next week, we're actually going to reveal the answer and see who was correct. So let's just uh, put that on the screen now, and I'll leave it on for a few seconds and see if you can work it out. So the, the first one of this series is going to be Calf His Ink. So remember, it's got to be a Bundesliga player, manager, or a Bundesliga club. So let's see if any of you guys can get that one. I am terrible at anagrams, so this will oh not God, be me too, good yeah. for me. <laughs> it's not as easy as you think, you know. It's uh, sometimes you think it's going to be really easy. I remember when we did the quiz as well for OTB, and they were really, really tough. The uh, the anagrams, a lot of people struggle. So let's see who of our followers can get this one. So I'm going to move that off. Okay. So let's get down to the main part of today's show. So obviously the main thing we're going to be talking about is the main events that happened over the weekend between Friday and Sunday of this week. And I think there's only one place we can really start this week, to be honest. Obviously the big results on Friday night, first game of the season. And I'm going to flash up that result now. Yeah, the Bayern 8, Schalke 0-4-0. Yeah. So let's start with you, Rory. Well, what did you think about that game? Did you watch the game? What were your kind of overall feelings of that? Yeah, so I caught I caught um, good good parts of the game, and yeah, I mean, what what a start for the champions! Champions elect already. I feel like um, we mentioned last week that that sometimes buying the slow starters, uh, but we also mentioned that the fixtures, the first few fixtures, looked quite presenting, and it <laughs> it turns out that it was quite presenting because they were in fine form on Friday night. Um, hat trick for Serge Gnabry. Um, amazing to think that he was like a, a West Bromwich Albion reject, and now he's tearing it up um, for Bayern Munich in, in Bundesliga. So he was he was on fine form, especially his first goal, um, like first touch on real little Cruyff turn, and then first time finish straight after that. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and then obviously there was the. Robert Lewandowski would have been upset just scoring one out of eight goals, probably. Knowing him, he probably would have wanted all eight. But um, he, he obviously managed to get in a Rabona, a Rabona flick of an assist. That was pretty special. Um, but yeah, I mean, on the Schalke side of things, we've, well, we've kind of highlighted last week as well that this is a team that, you know, they're a big team, but they struggled massively last year. I mean, and that's not, 
an ideal start, is it really? I mean, they they really are going to be fighting for their lives, I think, this season. Um, so, yeah, very poor start for Schalke and it looks ominous already for anyone else who wants to challenge Bayern. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, just a few weeks or maybe a month or so on from destroying Barcelona 8-2, they're already into eight figures again. So, it, well, eight goals again. So, it's just... Uh, I think, I mean, Bayern are just a team to be at the moment in Europe, aren't they? And I think the Bundesliga is lucky to have them, really, although the teams facing them probably don't feel that way at the moment. I think another big talking point, obviously, from an English perspective, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Jamal Muslala as well, the eighth goal was actually scored by him, making only his second league appearance by Bayern. And although he was actually born in Germany, he represents England due to the fact that he played most of his youth days at Chelsea. He was actually another Chelsea, one a product of that Chelsea youth system, but Bayern doing what they do best, you know, and kind of getting these big name youngsters to the club and already on the score sheet. Yeah. Did you think, did you see much of him? Do you think he could be a promising uh, guy for England in the future? To be honest, I haven't seen much of him at all, um, but I had, had heard the name previously. Um, however, it's great for him to get a bit of game time. A goal already will obviously be massive for his confidence. Um, we've obviously already mentioned the the presence of young English players in the league. Um, naturally, a lot of them are getting game time already. This first weekend goes to show that. Um, obviously, we'll talk more about other teams shortly, but other other English players have had their say already this weekend. So it's it's an interesting trend to see, but obviously it only... You know, it's only going to be a positive thing for the English national team. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, obviously, turn, turning our attention to Schalke, I mean, it, it's just a disaster of a start. As you correctly said before, both of us tipped them to struggle. I think, obviously, David Wagner, I mean, we both said last week that we were a fan of his from his time at Huddersfield. But, I mean, how long do you think he's got to turn it round? Because, I mean, they finished the season atrociously at the end after lockdown last year in the last 10 games. And to start with an 8-0 defeat, I mean, surely his days have got to be pretty numbered now, Rory. Yeah, I expect so. Um, there's only, I guess there's only so long that you can live off, you know, previous reputations, whether it's good or, you know, um, how much credit you've got in the bank. Um, Schalke, you know, we, we've mentioned last week that they lost one of their better players in, in Western McKenney. Um, and he was playing in a struggling team and, you know, they're minus him, struggling money-wise. Um, so I guess, you know, can can the owners, you know, pull the trigger and let him go early? Like, I'm not entirely sure how long, how much longer he's got left on his contract, but they'd obviously have to pay him off to get him out of the club anyway. So maybe they can't afford to do that. Um, that might give them a bit more time. But, I mean, going forward, if they don't pick up points soon, then, yeah. He's going to be gone pretty quick. Yeah, I think they've got a massive game next week at home against fellow early strugglers, Werder Bremen, who, who again lost. Uh, we'll come a bit later on to that, but they lost once again. Yeah, I think if you look at the squad for Schalke as well, I mean, it's a shadow of Schalke sides in the, in the past. I think they're really going through financial difficulties there. I think, obviously, I mean, aside from Nabil Bentaleb, the former Spurs midfielder, there's not really any names really there that are kind of, Standing out to you, really. I mean, they got Pacencia from uh, who kind of had an okay season for Frankfurt last year, but it's not really enough to be kind of Schalke's talisman, really. And I think absolutely they're going to be in for a really long uh, season this year. I think, yeah. Okay, so let's, uh, yeah, that's enough for that game, I think. So let's turn our attention now onto another big game facing two of uh, last season's top th top four, actually, that you're going to see in the Champions League later on this season and that was uh, Dortmund versus uh, Gladbach and as you can see on the screen there it was a comfortable home win for uh, for Dortmund actually this time yeah with uh, Haaland getting a couple and obviously highly rated youngster Rainer also chipping in with the goals too yeah uh, Rory did you see much of that one yeah again saw saw a decent amount of this game um, obviously kind of tabled as being quite uh, quite a tight game um, Gladbach, obviously, kind of living off the the top four riches of being back in the Champions League, um, kind of expected a bit more from them. Um, they were kind of disappointing in the game. Um, Borussia Dortmund kind of knew what they were doing, um, and and as you mentioned, the young the young uh, American Gio Reyna 
was really bright um obviously kind of made his impact on the game won the penalty that Haaland then converted um Sancho then uh, obviously proceeded to set up Haaland on on the break for their third goal um so that that front three is obviously really really exciting um the longer it goes on you know the better the better the Dortmund will do in the league table I think there's one possible moment of of controversy where Gladbach would potentially robbed of a penalty um so I think the score at the time was probably was 2-0 um so bit of VAR controversy but we're obviously we're used to that and can't get very far without talking about VAR um so yeah Dortmund very impressive they're gonna have to carry on that sort of form to be anywhere near Bayern of course um but obviously on paper really difficult start to the season but you know, they passed that test with flying colours. Yeah, I think one of the surprises for me about the, the weekend regarding Gladbach was the fact that, like, uh, Marcus Turam uh, started the game on the bench, actually. Obviously, yeah. he was like a talisman last season. And also uh, Al- Alassane uh, Plié, as well, who was also a very key player for them, both started on the bench this game. Um, so, yeah, I'm not quite sure what went, what happened there, but I think that could have been partly to do with the... The reason why uh, Dortmund won with such ease this game because Gladbach were kind of uh, shorn of some of the best players as well. Yeah, and, and uh, Rory, do you think would you expect Gladbach to kind of bounce back in the coming weeks, or do you think that last season might have been just uh, a one-off, really? No, I, I expect Gladbach to come to come good. Um, you know, sometimes it can be tricky, especially with this very interrupted and strange pre-season that a lot of teams have encountered. Um, as you mentioned, Turam and Plie were really, you know, they were shining lights for, for Mönchengladbach last season. So whether they were shut, like, short of match, um, you know, sharpness, that's maybe why the managers made the decision. Um, again, I mean, it's a weird thing to say, but in a game like this, maybe it's, leaving them to be fresher for, for better games to come where the points might be easier to collect um, is maybe one theory. But, yeah, I think in the coming weeks, Gladbach will kind of get up and going. It's not easy going away to a top four team as your first game of the season, especially um, a team like Dortmund anyway. So I'm sure they'll come good in, in due course. Yeah, absolutely. I would expect much of the same there. Yeah. And obviously, from an English perspective as well, two English players starting the game for Dortmund as well. I mean, maybe, obviously, Sancho, one of them, not so much of a surprise, but uh, Jude Bellingham as well, getting a really nice start there in a big game as well. I mean, we, we mentioned last week that it's really good that the German teams, they don't wait around to start these young talents. You know, once they get hold of them, they're straight in there, straight into the first team. And like it's kind of like a sink or swim kind of situation, really. But more often than not, they seem to to be swimming these days, which is great, isn't it, from an England perspective? Uh, did you make much of his performance on on Saturday? Yeah, well, I've I've tracked him a lot already during preseason, and and obviously in the um, the DFB Pokal first round uh, in which he in which he scored. Um, so the the signs are promising already ahead of. Ahead of him getting the nods, um, might have surprised a few um, at a very young, tender age. But you know, as the old saying goes, if you know if you're good enough, you're old enough. So I think I think he did a very good job, very accomplished in there. Um, he'll I think obviously he'll be he'll be pleased to be playing with a fellow Englishman in obviously in the form of Sancho. Um, so obviously we could see yet another. Young English talent flourish in uh, in the in the Bundesliga, and I'm sure as as time goes on, the more the more he gets used to the to the pace of the league and the physicality. Obviously, he's a big lad anyway, so I'm sure he'll do really well. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next key game that we wanted to talk about today, which was actually a Baden-Württemberg derby as well over in Stuttgart which was uh, actually Stuttgart 2, Freiburg 3. Quite a bit of a classic, really. I'm not sure whether most people would have had that down as so much of a an entertaining game. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's two cities that are really, really close to each other. Quite a big rivalry down there in Baden-Württemberg. 
Yeah, I think uh, both of us had these. Well, I, I had both of these two teams to be down in the bottom four or five, actually, this year. But maybe judging on uh, what was an entertaining game, both sides probably looked a bit better than what we would have imagined. Yeah. I mean, especially Freiburg after losing quite a lot of key players. I had them down as third from bottom for in prediction, but maybe I'll have to review those predictions after a really, really good away victory. Yeah. Uh, did, did it surprise you that Freiburg managed to get that win, Rory? Um, I mean, I thought it was going to be a close game. And obviously, with, with Stuttgart having, you know, obviously a very prestigious history and background in the Bundesliga, but they've got a very young team at the same time. Um, so I was I was expecting Freiburg to win this, and uh, when I saw that they went three 0 up within about fifty odd minutes, I was quite I was quite worried for what the score might end up. Um, so obviously on that hand, you know credit credit to Stuttgart for pulling it back late on um, and getting a couple of goals. And having having seen the highlights of the game, um, I mean Stuttgart would be disappointed not to have taken anything from that game because they had chance they had a lot of chances um, and they weren't clinical enough to to take them. Um, there was two goal line clearances, one for either team. So obviously there, there, there was a lot of goals anyway, and it could have been an even larger score in theory. So yeah, it was it was a really good game. Um, Freiburg will take a lot of credit from it, and away win is always important. That gets them off to a good start. But as a promoted team, and being being three 0 down so early doors, Stuttgart can take a lot of confidence from how they responded and in general how they played. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the stats from that game, 26 shots and only seven on target from Stuttgart, whereas uh, Freiburg, seven shots and six on target. And obviously one of them was off the line as well. So that's what you call clinical finishing, I think, from Freiburg, really. Also, they, they, won, they scored three goals away from home with only 35% possession as well. I mean, it's pretty impressive, to be honest. I think, obviously, they, they managed to keep the main striker from last season, Niels Peterson. And I mean, I think obviously they lost a lot of key uh, players with uh, Cock going to um, Leeds as well, who's started pretty poorly, to be honest with you. But I mean, so maybe it wasn't as much of a loss as what people thought. Obviously, Kolov as well going to Hertebelli in the goalkeeper. But I mean, they, they did do well to keep uh, Niels Peterson as well, because he banged in, I think, like 13, 14 goals for them in their successful season last year. So I think, yeah, I mean, that's going to be something big for them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Rory, do you think Stuttgart might be able to bounce back in the coming weeks or do you think it's going to be more of the same for them going forward? I mean, it's going to be a tough, tough couple of weeks to to get used to Bundesliga level of football again for the team. Um, as mentioned, they're a young side um, and, you know, learning is very much part, part of the game of that age. Um, Having said that, you need to learn your lessons quickly or else you'll find yourself adrift at the bottom. Um, obviously, having already seen their their fellow promote promotion um, team, Byfield, get, get obviously a really important point, which we'll obviously go over in, in a little while, that immediately puts on pressure for them. So in the games to come, naturally, they'll want to improve on Conceding three at home is never good. So let's hope that they can respond. We never want uh, a drab relegation race where one team is, you know, <laughs> adrift at the bottom. I'm sure Stuttgart will come, will come good and get a couple of points soon enough. Yeah, I mean, like performance-wise, it wasn't a bad performance at all. I guess it was just a case of Freiburg being really, really prolific with the finishing you know and I think obviously it wasn't a bad performance to start off with so I think there are definitely positives it can take from that game yeah indeed okay so let's move on to our other our next uh, key game this week and it was another entertaining five goal thriller which also resulted in a away win and it was uh, Werder Bremen versus Hertha Berlin as you can see on the bottom there it was a Hertha that came away with the spoils with a really really impressive 4-1 victory away at Werder I mean, I know I tipped up Hertha Berlin, maybe to some people's surprise quite a lot. So I'm going to celebrate that one, you know, as a bit of a victory <laughs> for myself. I mean, we don't know whether it's going to continue for Hertha, but I mean, it's a damn good start, I would say. Yeah. Obviously, Werder Bremen, awful last season. They would have been hoping to get off to a nice, strong home start this year. But I mean, it's been quite the opposite, really, you know. Rory, anything stand out for you in that game? 
Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, I was kind of saying last week that after Werder Bremen's fantastic escape from relegation, I was expecting them to, you know, do do quite well this season. So that's uh, <laughs> that's not made me look tremendously good in that regard. Um, but yeah, obviously very disappointing from Werder's point of view. Um, obviously from a standpoint of a of a Man United fan, it was interesting to see Tadif Chong get a start. Um, I think he got pulled after 60 minutes, so not not an ideal start for him. Um, and then Herta, obviously, that you know they look really strong. Um, very impressive performance. Uh, obviously, new signing. John Cordoba getting on the score sheet as well for them, um, which which will please please the fans. Um, so obviously, as you've mentioned, Mark, perhaps to some people's surprise, can can hurt to them push on to challenge for Europe or or perhaps yeah a top certainly a top six or seven finish could be on the cards because they yeah they impressed. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you look at their attacking talent nowadays, I mean, who would have thought two or three years ago the Hertha Berlin team would have Piatek, Luka Bacchio, Cordoba? It's looking like a side that's starting to mean business now. I mean, I had them in my top five, and I don't see any reason why to uh, kind of uh, go against that. I mean, obviously, in defence as well, guys like Dedrick Boyata as well had a solid game too there. I mean, a guy that came from Man City also played at Celtic and was... Pretty high. I know Paul, obviously one of our writers, he highly rates uh, Boyata as well from his time at City. I think Celtic fans would agree as well. Another solid signing there at the back. Obviously getting the goalkeeper from Freiburg, which you've already mentioned, Svalov. Another good signing. I mean, it looks a real good side, yeah. I think obviously, again, if you look at um, yeah Verder as well, I mean, Tahi Chong pulled after 60 minutes. Bit of a disappointing performance in some ways. It could have been partly to do with his fitness, Oh, but yeah, I mean, I'd like I'd like to hope that he'll get another start um, next week again. But you never know, really, with Berda at the moment. But it, I mean, if you look at the stats from the game, they were very, very even. You know, I mean, both sides had six shots on target. Um, the possession was uh, just slightly in the favour, fifty-six percent in favour of Hertha Berlin. Yeah, I think uh, Rory. Do you think in the Bundesliga a lot of it, like with some of these mid-table kind of teams, do you think a lot of it just comes down to like kind of clinical finishing and like key moments like that? Yeah, very much so. Um, the very nature of, you know, or very de- definition of a mid-table team is is that kind of difference between being clinical um, in front of goal and, you know, and uh, that level of consistency. I guess that's why teams end up being in that, you know, kind of battle in, in the middle of the table because you either haven't got the squad depth or the quality to, to be up there. So that's that's not... Obviously, a huge surprise. Um, obviously, Verder, you know, they've got they've got some good players. Uh, obviously, Davy Klassen played at the weekend as well. Former uh, Everton player, obviously, didn't have the best time there. Um, and then uh, uh, Leo Bittencourt as well. I think he came on as a sub. Um, so interesting to see why he didn't start because he was one of their best players post lockdown. Um, so he uh, he you know maybe if he gets fit he can start and start to push them a little bit further up the league. But uh, yeah, interesting to see how they'll get on. Yeah, absolutely. I was also surprised to see the bitten core. I can only imagine it was a fitness issue because I think he only signed like ten days ago, so maybe he didn't have a very good preseason. But he he's a really key player for them. Obviously, signed from Hoffenheim. Quite a bit of a coup, really, some would say, because I think a lot of people expected him to go and slip back into that Hoffenheim side as well. Another good signing, another good performance from uh, Hertha Berlin as well was Mateus Cunha as well. I think a really, really good sign in attacking midfield. Very, very uh, pacey, technical player. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I'm really, I'm really liking the look of this Hertha side. I think... I do think it's realistic they could even push on for the the top four realistically to be honest i think uh inter- exciting times though for Hertha. obviously berlin never really had a kind of top club in germany for, for many many years and i think this could be the time now they can really kind of start pushing on and establish themselves as one of germany's top clubs definitely okay so let's go on to the last of our feature games which was another five girl goal thriller which again ended up in an away win so let's pull that one up so it's uh, Cologne versus Hoffenheim, which ended up in a last-minute 
Andre Kramerich hat-trick 3-2 win. Obviously, I think the, the big talking point from that one, Andre Kramerich missed a lot of last season. He's been a real talisman and an excellent player from for Hoffenheim over the last four or five years. Kind of replaced Firmino when he went to Liverpool as well. Uh, very key player for them. Another hat-trick. Yeah, I saw him a couple of years ago at Nuremberg as well when they played over here. And I was really, really impressed with him. And obviously, unfortunately, last season played with injuries, but back again this year with a brilliant hat-trick, really. Yeah. Did you see much of this one, Rory? I saw some of it, yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, Kramerich has, you know, he's done really well since since joining um, Hoffenheim and uh, probably won't look back too fondly at his time at, at Leicester City. Um, but yeah, obviously, a hat-trick on opening day, you can't get much better than that, especially with his, uh, his third goal being uh, an injury time to win the three points for his side. Uh, obviously, really important goal um, for the team wanting to get off, you know, to a fly out. One of the teams that I've tipped to do quite well in terms of finishing the top six. Um, so that was obviously really important for themselves. Um, one one player that I was kind of looking at a little bit was uh, Baumgartner. Um, he's, he's a young player that um as impressed and looks looks good um so he he started that game as well so hopefully he can link up with Kramerich and they can you know uh form a formidable partnership uh going forward for the side um obviously from Cologne's point of view they'll they'll be disappointed in the fact that they probably thought that they had scrambled scrambled a point from the game with um I think it was uh Drexler's uh, late goal, but obviously ultimately they got stung right at the end by Kramerich's uh, quality. Um, so yeah, really good game. Uh, Kramerich on fire, very impressive stuff from Hoffenheim. Yeah, I think it's always gutting for teams when they get a late level and, and then end up conceding even later as well. It's uh, I think obviously I had Cologne down as a relegation fodder this year, but I think I, I do think one big uh, kind of positive point in the last few days for, for Köln was the signing of Sebastian Anderson from Union Berlin as well. I think obviously he was like the talisman for Union last year. And I think not only is it a great signing for uh, for Cologne, but I think it's a big blow for Union as well, who, as we'll say later, didn't have the best of starts to the season and have kind of been stripped of the best talent from last year. Yeah, I think Anderson is a really, really good kind of bat. He's a kind of a poacher, but also a batter, battering ram at the same time. Like He's the kind of guy who just seems to be in the right place at the right time. Big physical centre forward who really impressed me last year for Union. Got the goal, which brought got, got them the first leveller in this match. But then obviously, still not quite enough. Yeah. I do have concerns about the defence for um, for. Uh, Köln as well. I mean, they shipped so many goals. Yeah, Rory, did you see? Did the Köln defense impress you much on Saturday? No, not not as such. No, um, I know. Obviously, they've got a veteran goalkeeper in net in the shape of of Horn, um, but I mean, I think he's a pretty steady goalkeeper. But obviously, ultimately, you know, conceding three on opening day at home again—that's you know, that's a poor start by any stretch and. If they are going to be near, you know, nearer to the bottom of the table this season and struggling, then then the defence ultimately is going to be an issue. And if they can't sort that out, then they're going to be in big trouble. So, yeah, I think they could be struggling this season if, if they don't sort that out. Yeah, I mean, going forward, there is quality. We've mentioned Anderson, but also Duda as well as signing from Hertha Berlin was uh, obviously in replacement from Cordoba, who went the other way. But I think I saw him play at Nuremberg a couple of years ago and he was, I think he got a double that day. And I was a little bit surprised to allow Hertha Berlin to let him go. I guess they probably consider that they've got better there now, but I mean, he was uh, still a solid uh, player if you want to kind of challenge for the season. But yeah, I think he is a positive signing for, for Cologne. But whether it'll be enough, I don't know, because we've already seen that the defensive problems are huge. I mean, they've not really managed to plug the gaps from last season. I think, um, yeah, for me, they're still down as like kind of relegation fodder, really. But we'll have to see over the next few weeks what's going to happen. OK, so that's the end of our featured games today. But let's just touch quickly over the other uh, four games which happened over the weekend. 
So yeah, let's. Uh, what about uh, Frankfurt one, Armenia Bielefeld one? So obviously a really really nice away point against uh, Frankfurt for Bielefeld. Both of us tip Bielefeld to really struggle. Yeah, Rory, do you think that gives them a bit of hope going forward? Yeah, I think massively, especially after they had a disappointing result um, in the DFB Pokal, which we'll touch on a little bit later on. But it sounded like it was a bit of a scrappy game, um, and of course when uh Eifeld managed to get the lead that's something for them to you know to cling on to for dear life unfortunately they weren't able to do it for the full 90 and frankfurt um got a bit of a scrappy equalizer in the end um obviously not an ideal start for frankfurt and from their point of view you know home at home to a, a recently promoted team you know you'd expect to collect three points from that uh, and then yeah from from the point of view of Arminia that's, that's a fantastic point to collect um, just gets you off the mark gets you rolling um, especially like when you're newly promoted to a new league new standard of football always the first thing is massively about confidence um, and taking a point from that against you know against a good team away in the Bundesliga is always difficult so they'll be really pleased with that um, and hopefully they'll you know give them a bit of confidence going forward Absolutely, yeah. And uh, the next uh, other game we're going to talk about is, yeah, Union Berlin 1, Augsburg 3. I think I tipped uh, Union to do well this season, but obviously losing Anderson as well. They have had the side kind of stripped from last season. Uh, yeah, a couple of late goals there for Augsburg, a, a team quite near to where I'm based as well. So I kind of root for them a little bit, Augsburg. I think, yeah, good result for them, obviously, after losing a few key players as well. Yeah, can you see, uh, what about Union, Rory? Can you see them struggling again from now on? Yeah, I mean, I've seen seen the highlights from, from the game uh, and one thing that I picked out was that two of two of Augsburg's goals were, were headed goals. Um, whether that's, you know, a bit of a freak thing and, you know, there was just, opportune moments in particular game but Union obviously need to sort themselves out they were you know on point potentially um you know to collect a point get a draw and that's not too bad starting off and then as you mentioned the two late goals have, have done them um so that's obviously disappointing from their point of view um fair play to Augsburg you know we or well, I think I mentioned them last week as potentially struggling this season um shout out to um to Daniel Framberger, um, who assisted um, the first goal for Vargas. Um, absolute fantastic uh, efforts across, across the ball, and he was kind of chasing it to make sure it didn't go out of play. Managed to whip in a, an absolutely delicious um, cross, which Vargas basically couldn't miss with his head. So fair play uh, to Augsburg. Very impressive and very good start for them. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a pretty solid Augsburg team, really. I think maybe... On the back of that, they've always been a decent home side, but I mean, it's always been about kind of converting those into away wins. Some key players like Florian Niederlechner, I mean, I really, really like him as well. A a good kind of like strong centre forward. Vargas as well gives them a bit of pace and quality. Uh, Seems as though they've got a bit of quality at the fullbacks as well. Obviously, after losing Philip Max last year, which was a big loss at fullback, I mean, Framberger could be their kind of new star now, you don't know. And obviously, they've signed Iago as well which is a kind of a nice uh, bit of flair there at fullback. Yeah, the, the next one I just want to mention is obviously uh, uh, last season's top four uh, team, RB Leipzig 3, Mainz 1. I think not really any shocks there. Yeah, uh, Rory, anything that stood out for you there, really? Um, no, not, not a major standout. Um, was watching it today. RB looks just looked too good for Mainz. Um Shout out probably to, to Danny alone to Olmo. Um, he he kind of ran the show really, really impressive from midfield. Um, two two assists in a in a really solid performance. Um, so you know he could be the difference as of as you know has been mentioned in well in an article I've done recently for, for the over the bar um, website. Um, so hopefully he'll he'll kind of continue to progress as we go forwards. Um, I mean, mine's very little kind of threat going forwards. Um, Mateta took his goal really well, um, so that was a positive for them. 
Um, obviously, they were briefly in the game, but ultimately not good enough for a quality RB side. Yeah, I think one of the other big talking points from that game is the fact that Marcel Sabitzer as well, one of probably their key player from last season, aside from maybe Timo Werner. He didn't. He was on the bench that game, but he didn't actually come off the bench. Yeah. And any shocks there, Rory? Maybe a potential transfer away from the club. Yeah, I mean that's really strange. Um, he's obviously one of the the key leaders in in the squad for RB. Um, so when I saw him that he wasn't playing, and then obviously didn't come on, that that was a bit of a shock. Um, I haven't seen any teams that have been linked with him uh, or anything concrete. So whether there is something going on there, you'd have to, you know, be able to look into the the rumours a bit more. Um, but he's obviously a quality player. So whether it was just maybe an injury or, or something else, you never know. Absolutely. Yeah. Then obviously the final game, which was uh, rounded off what had been a really good week of games, actually, with a really shocking game, to be honest with you. <laughs> by, by far the worst game of the week, both in terms of goals and in terms of quality, really, which is a bit of a shock because before the game, you'd have thought it would have been one of the best of the weekend. But yeah, Wolfsburg nil, Leverkusen nil. Yeah. Rory, did you see much of that one? Yeah, there were some some parts that I saw. Um, and I think what summed out perfectly was that the commentator um, mentioned that out of all the outfield players, the, the referee was the best player on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, I think take take that from what you will. A couple of chances here and there. Um, I think Wolfsburg actually hit the post from a corner. Um, but that is literally as close as, close as we came um, to any real excitement in that game. Yeah, very poor and unexpected with those two uh, two quality teams, but I'm sure they'll both bounce back and, and be back in the goal soon. Yeah, I think it's kind of typical in many ways because obviously, like I last week, I was going on about how much uh, Leverkusen was scoring under Peter Bosch and stuff, and then they serve up that kind of performance. You know, commentators curse, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's that's the end of our week uh, roundup of matches. But I just want to move on now to the uh, predictions for next week. So, one thing that me and Rory want to kind of do over the next season is we want to kind of do the predictions and see how we fare up against each other. So, if you want to leave a few comments on who you think is going to win, you know, whose knowledge you think is most up to scratch, then feel free to do it. But yeah, we're going to be starting that from from next the next set of fixtures. Yeah. So I just want to like uh, kind of touch on what our predictions are for next week and obviously uh, what our uh, what we feel about some of these games. Yeah. So I'm going to go through the first four and then Rory's going to go through the second five. So let's start with uh, Hertha Berlin v Frankfurt. I personally, I've gone for 2-0, 2 nil home win for Hertha. I just think they've got too much quality there for Frankfurt, really, who are a pretty drab side or all, all in all, really, I think. I'm going to go with my boys Hertha for a 2-0 win. And Rory? Yeah, agreed. I've gone 3-1 Hertha Berlin. Yeah, I think they'll have way too much for Frankfurt. Yeah. And the next game is Mönchengladbach versus Union. I think I've actually gone for, some might see this, see this as a surprise, but I've gone for a one-all draw there, actually. I've just got a funny feeling that Union, they might just be go back to their old-school defensive style. And obviously Gladbach just starting a little bit slowly. I think they're going to get a one-all draw there. Uh, I have gone one one nil Munchen Gladbach. I think um, obviously despite a poor start, uh, they'll be able to bounce back and maybe Churam or Plie will uh, will back themselves a goal. Yeah. Then the next game, Leverkusen v RB Leipzig. This is probably the big game of the next week. I, I've gone for a two one home win for Leverkusen. I just think Leverkusen they kind of pick up the game for these big uh, big encounters. So I'm going to go for a home win there. Um, ironically, I've gone two one, but I've gone two one the opposite way. Um, so I'm I'm back in RB to to get an away win. Um, obviously, they're not not really been tested this weekend, um, so I reckon that they'll turn up and and be able to to get a a big win on the, on the Saturday. Yeah. Then the next one is Mainz v Stuttgart. I've gone for a two-all draw there, actually. I think they're two pretty open sides. They don't really struggle to score goals, but they struggle to keep them out of the other end. I think a game that both sides will want to win, but I'm going to go for a two-all draw there. 
Uh, yeah, I have gone one one goal apiece. So yeah, I also agree that it will be a draw. Um, obviously, Stuttgart will want to get on the board um, and might be with you know fellow strugglers potentially the season in mind. So yeah, one all I reckon. Okay. Okay. So uh, Mark's just covered the first four there. So. Going into the final five games of next weekend. So we've got uh, FC Augsburg versus Borussia Dortmund. And I have gone for a 4-1 victory for Borussia. Um, just at the moment, the way that uh, Dortmund has started, look on fire, exciting going forwards. Um, Augsburg, obviously, I think they'll get the odd goal perhaps. But yeah, I reckon Dortmund will win that one comfortably. Mark, what are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, I've gone for a 3-1 Dortmund win, actually. They're almost the same on this one. But yeah, I, I agree with Rory. I just think like Dortmund have just got too much attacking power. I think obviously Augsburg a good, solid start this weekend. But I think this is maybe a bridge too far for them. OK, uh, next up we have Arminia Bielefeld versus FC Cologne. And I have gone for an away win, 2-1. Um, just think the new boys might struggle a little bit. Um, and I reckon... Seacole might be able to bounce back and, and get an important victory on the road. So, uh, Mark, what, what do you think? Yeah, actually, these are the two sides that I predicted to go down automatically. So I guess I had to go for a draw, really, there. Yeah, so I've gone for a one-all draw. Can't really see this being too entertaining. I think it's another game that Bielefeld probably feel like they have to win this and they might just want it too much. You know, I can see a late equaliser for Cologne in this one. Yep. Uh, and then moving on to the uh, evening kickoff on, on the Saturday, which is Schalke hosting Werder Bremen. Um, both sides are, you know, uh, struggling a wee bit. Um, so I have actually gone for an away win again. 2-1 um, to Werder. I reckon Schalke, I just feel like are in absolute free fall at the moment. Um, and hopefully... United boy Tadif Chong can perhaps have a bit more of a positive impact on on his side next week. So two on Verder. Uh, Mark, do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I think I think this is probably the hardest one to tip of them all because the two sides are just. I mean, they just don't seem to be able to get any form together at all. But I've I've gone for home advantage. I think it's one of those games where I, I just think Schalke. I mean, I really can't see this one being a very good game. To be honest with you, it's a big game. It's two big clubs that really need a result. Yeah, but I'm going to go for a 1-0 Schalke win there. Okie doke. Uh, and then moving on to Sunday's games, we've got Hoffenheim hosting Bayern Munich. Um, so I have predicted a high-scoring game and it will be a 4-2 victory to Bayern Munich. Um, I mean, doesn't really take much explaining why I've gone first head result. Um, Hoffenheim obviously, you know, looked good this weekend. Maybe Kramerich can get back on the score sheet again. But yeah, not enough to beat this this Bayern Munich team at the moment. Mark, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I've gone for a similar result as well. I can see it being a really entertaining game, this one. I think uh, Hoffenheim are a really good attacking side, but I just can't see them having the defensive power to keep Bayern out. I can't see anyone having the, the defensive power to keep them out at the moment. So I've gone for a 4-1 win for Bayern. Very good. And then the last uh, game of the weekend, which will be, uh, again, an evening kickoff, uh, is going to be Freiburg versus Wolfsburg. Um, so I have gone for um, a surprise, potentially, home win for, for Freiburg. Um, obviously, having just watched the, the Wolfsburg game, they didn't really look too potent going forwards and they were quite wasteful. Uh, and then being on the road, uh, they might struggle. So, yeah, I've gone with a home win. Uh, Mark, what have you gone for in this one? Yeah, again, I think this one could be quite good. An interesting game. I think it's two sides to, I mean, obviously Wolfsburg, maybe not the best performance, but it's a decent result to draw at home to Leverkusen, I think. But I think uh, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Wolfsburg win. I think last season Wolfsburg were a solid uh, away side, actually. They got a few wins against those kind of mid-table sides away from home. And I don't see any reason to think that they won't get a similar kind of result this time as well. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Wolfsburg win there. Excellent stuff. Well, that's all of the uh, all of the predictions done for for next uh, next weekend's uh, fixtures. Obviously, as as Mark has mentioned, we're going to be tracking these throughout the season. So hopefully, 
you guys can join in as well and comments or or join potentially a, a league that we can start up so just to have a bit of fun with it all um so yeah so that's the predictions for this week going forward yeah and obviously yeah i think rory wants to add a few words as well about the the dfb pokal which happened in midweek as well obviously this yeah. is mostly a bundesliga show but yeah i think rory just wants to add a few points on that as well yeah, so just a bit of um, interesting information. Obviously, we, we are the Bundesliga show for Over the Bar, but we still like to encompass as much information as we can. Um, so just looking back to round one of the DFB Pokal, so that's the German National Cup. Um, we've seen a couple of interesting shocks. So Armenia Beifeld, so it'll be um, absolutely buzzing with a point from this weekend, but they obviously are just um, are on the receiving end of a very embarrassing uh, result being knocked out by fourth fourth division side um, in the form of EZN. Um, so that was not a good result for Arminia. Um, other than that, there was one very exciting game um, where Hertha Berlin were on the receiving end of a 5-4 defeat to second division Brunschweig. Um, so they are also out uh, in the first round. Uh, obviously, the DFB Pokal is a cup that often throws up quite a lot of shocks. Um, so there's two big ones already. Um, Mark, do you think um, do you think the DFB Pokal can throw up even more shocks in the next round? Yeah, I think typically there's always a lot of shocks in that competition early on because I think like. Um, the German league, they don't really like midweek games. So I think like a lot of the managers kind of have the mentality that, OK, unless we kind of scramble our way through to like the last 16, last day, there's not really much point, really, because I think obviously um, most of the money, just like in the Premier League, most of the money is in staying in the Bundesliga or qualifying for European competition. So I think that's how you can explain some of uh, Biele, the crazy results with Bielefeld as well. I mean, I think Hertha Berlin will be disappointed with that because I think they are the kind of side that have got the strength and depth to challenge on more than one front this year. So, I mean, obviously it was a bit of a crazy game up there in Braunschweig, but I still think they'll be disappointed, that's for sure. But I think Bielefeld, it was more of a relief than anything, to be honest, because... Um, I mean, obviously, they got the result they wanted this weekend. They'd have wanted a strong start, a solid point away from home. So I think, um, yeah, I think overall they'd, they'd rather have lost that game and got a point this weekend rather than beaten Essen and lost to Frankfurt, to be honest with you. Indeed. And then um, just a couple more bits, um, uh, more off-cuff. Um, so we've got a, a random fact um, that we're going to try and pull as much as we can. Um, and so this uh, this week's random fact is uh, has come from, from the BBC, an article that um, kind of told the story of a German football team uh, that lost 37-0 to their local rivals after only fielding seven players who socially distanced themselves throughout the match. Um, so this is a very odd one. Um, I picked up on the BBC this this uh, this week, just gone by. Um, so the team that were on the receiving end were called Ripdorf. So they fielded a minimum number of seven players on a Sunday afternoon because their opponents that they were playing um, that in that particular game had come into contact with a team whose player had tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and so obviously there hadn't been enough time, say the two week period, which is being um, stated really with, with coronavirus recoveries. Um, so they they were refusing to play, but they were made to play by their local um, football association. So yeah, just decided to throw the towel in. So that is, yeah, that is a very random one. Um, you would have thought maybe if they were socially distancing themselves, they might have been more than 37 nil. I feel like they've managed to do quite well there for, uh, for a 90 minute stint of avoiding the football. Um, maybe the opposition felt a bit sorry for them, but yeah, that is, that is the random fact of the week. Um, and then just one other thing to touch on uh, briefly was, um, the real positive um, aspect to see crowds back in stadiums this weekend in the Bundesliga. Um, Mark, do you think that's, you know, I mean, obviously that's a good thing in terms of revenue for, for clubs, but do you think that will have an impact, say, on home teams being able to get some fans in 
impact on results perhaps yeah i think the numbers aren't really significant enough to kind of change results you know i mean i think to realistically have a big impact on results you need like full stadiums really you know i think and not just a few thousand fans really I think, but I think it's a great step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I hope England can do the same in a couple of weeks. Really, I think uh, obviously I, I myself and some that likes to get to the stadium at FC Nuremberg as well. Obviously, they're in the second division, but I'd be very much looking forward to getting back into the uh, Max Morlock Stadium over in Nuremberg. Yeah, I mean, the Bundesliga atmosphere is a second to none. To be honest with you, I'd recommend anyone who has the chance to get down to a German game, whether it be Bundesliga or Spy Bundesliga. I very much recommend getting down like cheap tickets, really, really nice atmosphere, friendly, friendly atmosphere too. I think it's, yeah, I'm really, really happy to see the crowds are getting back in. Although I do think it'll take at least a year, a year and a half to get full crowds back again, unfortunately. Very good. Well, I think that wraps, wraps things up. So Mark, do you want to uh, tell our, our lovely viewers about how to get involved with more over the bar content? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So obviously, we always like to sign out with a little uh, reminder of how to follow us in more detail. Yeah. So remember that we you can uh, access us on Twitter, which I'm going to stick on the bottom of the screen now. Yeah. As you can see, at Over the Bar FB. Yeah. We have a lot of new information and updates on there, and then also we have the website as well, which is uh, www otbfootball.net, where we have a lot of not only video uh, information as well, but we also have a lot of uh, writing, which actually Rory did a really, really good piece on uh, the Bundesliga, some of the top six players to watch over the next year, which obviously as a Bundesliga fan, I personally found really interesting. So yeah, get it read, get it liked, and obviously subscribe to our channel. We were really, really happy with uh, the turnout for our first um, episode. We want to keep going. Obviously, uh, we're both very passionate about the Bundesliga and we want to kind of inform you guys as well as possible. So yeah so thank you again for joining us and yeah it was really nice to uh, discuss the points again with you rory today so thanks again and oh, yeah my so we'll, pleasure so we'll see you all again next week and yeah let's hope i win the predictions this time yeah <laughs> cheers all <laughs> bye-bye guys